fictional friends and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And it is the end of the month of July, which means it's the end of theater month. Theater! Over here on the podcast. <laughs> um, so to wrap things up, we went very classic this Too week. classic. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, granted I say that, very classic, but technically, like, and yes, set in a classic way, but technically modern, because it's not like the movies from 50 years ago well, or anything. Well, this is true. It's like the most modern one of these one of that the they've most made. Recent. I think so. I think it is the most recent one. Yeah. So, um, anyway, we this week we're talking about Macbeth from 2015. If you guys didn't know that Michael Fassbender made a... An adaptation of Macbeth. Here, here you go. Now you know. <laughs> In all of his sexiness and glory. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> He's really well suited to this character he really too. Is, and like, yeah, I will say he like like there's a lot of good actors in this movie, but he fucking he carries it. Like the mm-hmm. whole time, I was like, wow, okay, yeah, like very impressive. I'm actually surprised that the performances didn't get more appreciation. Yeah. If nothing else, like I, I get it. It's historical drama. It's very long and it's not yeah. going to be for everybody because it's like quite drawn out. But if you pay attention to like what people, like the performances themselves um, are very good. Yeah. And I feel like it didn't get like very much hype this movie. No, I, I saw it a little while after it came out. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'd be curious yeah. to see a new, a new adaptation for it. And I went to see it in a very tiny independent theater. Cause nowhere else was, no playing one was it. showing it. Eh? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I feel like it really didn't get the love that I would have expected it to get given the, uh, the cast. Yeah. And you'd, stuff. you'd think it's like a decently stacked cast of people and you'd yeah. think it would have gotten a little more. I don't know, a little bit more hype anyway, or a little bit more something. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's jump into it. Let's talk about it a little bit anyway. All hail, all hail Macbeth, it shall be king. So foul and fair a day I have not seen. Come, you spirits that tend on mortal thoughts. Hail, king that shall be. Duncan comes here tonight. give everybody anybody who's not aware already kind of an idea of what things are uh Macbeth or the tragedy of Macbeth because they were all the tragedy of something at the time Mm. is a Shakespeare play Mm. which my understanding was published in the first folio which was back in 1623 um or at least that seems to be the earliest iteration of it that exists or I'm sorry it's first performed in 1606 is when it was thought to have been initially conceptualized basically Um, And then the publication happened in 1623. Uh, Apparently, weirdly, which is, I guess, if I think about some of the other ones and how long they are, technically Macbeth is is Shakespeare's shortest tragedy. Is it really? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, think about how fucking long Hamlet is. Oh, my God, that is so long. And even Othello does have some parts that are actually quite long as well. But I always assume that Othello and Macbeth were, like, on similar footing that way. I did, too. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Apparently. I I know Hamlet is long. Oh, my God, Hamlet is long. (laughs) (laughs) But I I really did think that this one and Othello were the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, Background for people who don't know, like, have never seen it, read about it, whatever, don't know anything about the play. Um, This is Shakespeare's play that has, like, a ton of superstition around it. It's the one with the witches. Yeah. So, (laughs) and I think partially because of that, probably, um, it's, honestly, I think in more modern times, we can think of it as more like coincidence. However, there's a lot of superstition surrounding that the play has basically, like, bad 
luck attached to it and misfortune tends to follow in its wake like it's got some sort of curse yeah um and that over generations has evolved to a point where if you're within a theater not a cinema but like a theater proper you are not meant to actually say Macbeth yeah out loud you're not meant to actually yes, say the word at any time unless you're performing yeah because people who have done that have died so well, yes and no it's it's right. a lot it's a lot less than what you think it is I think it's easy to read stuff online and be like oh my god this thing is cursed but it, it does seem to be more like coincidence so a lot of people call it the Scottish play because that's the setting in which it takes place mm. that's what most people use for it some people call it McBee like wh- there are a couple of <laughs> Why? like they don't want to yeah because they don't want to say yeah that. exactly that's it um <laughs> And it's because basically, okay, so my understanding is that where this kind of where this comes from is that when the play was originally, I guess, like uh, either not published necessarily, but when it was originally put on, there are rumors that Shakespeare used actual witches spells within the text of the play, which of course cursed it. You have to remember, this is 1600s. People were very religious at this time. <laughs> they were burning people at the stake Very at this time. superstitious at this time <laughs> and would have taken things like this incredibly seriously. Yeah. Um, and it, so it would have been very easy for rumors to spread about something like yeah. this, about there being some sort of curse or something attached to a particular play. Yeah. Um, but apparently, according to like what historians have said, technically, like, you know, it was easy to blame it on Macbeth, but honestly, it seems that more you've there have been more deaths related to like Hamlet than to Macbeth, really? like of like actors who are performing in shows and stuff like that. It might have something to do with the volume of times that like you know Hamlet's been performed because mm-hmm. it's probably Shakespeare's best known tragedy. Well, I guess Romeo and Juliet. I was gonna say Rom and Jewel kind of take, but Hamlet's also really up there too. I don't know; it's hard to distinguish kind of which one's more popular. It is. I mean, I think that you know, like Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, and Macbeth are like the three, like three of the best known Shakespeare yeah. plays, right? Um, I just remember once I was watching this documentary about Macbeth, and like um, in which the actor had died because yeah. he said Macbeth. Um, in the theater while they were, you know, practicing. And they had one of those swords, like a practice sword. Right. Um, but it had, like, something on the end. And the thing popped off. And he ended oh, up getting stabbed. Actually getting stabbed. And I'm sure that things like that do happen, but they can happen, unfortunately, in a lot of other... Of course, of course, but it's just... Live productions you know, as well if things are not safe. So coincidence. Yeah, it's just an interesting kind of thing. But it's so... As soon as one thing goes wrong, it's so easy to, like, be like, oh, it's cursed. <laughs> and just kind <laughs> of... the Pretend that everything relates all back to, like, one particular reason. Yeah. Um, all, I'm, although I do have a fun little like side thing that way though like a side story technically when I was in my second year of college and we were I was I studied theater in college just for reference um we were prepping for one of the shows that we were doing it wasn't anything Shakespeare we were doing the Manchurian Candidate it's a very different type of story um but on opening night um one of our like classmates and one of the castmates decided to like just say Macbeth Mm. to fuck with everybody basically right before everyone like punched him in the face it was kind of (laughs) funny to see everybody was very mad um 
And ironically, that opening night was the only night that we had any technical difficulties at all. Well, there you go. My character was like a doctor and had a scene throughout the course of the show that was also being filmed at the same time and projected to like a really big screen on the back. It was giving like this really weird effect and the camera stopped working properly and there were another couple of like small things that happened and it was the only time we'd rehearsed and it hadn't happened. You see? You know, we did the other few performances, nothing happened. It was just that one time and so everybody blamed him for the rest of the time. (laughs) You know, I think you could be a little stitious about it. Yeah, that's it. You know, (laughs) there is still something like, look, like in the sense that I don't really consider myself all that superstitious, but even I... I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't say it no. out of respect Why for myself and for it? the other people standing there, you know? I mean, if it if it is a wide superstition in the theater world, like, just stick to it, just in case. Yeah, you know? that's it. You never know, really. <laughs> um, okay. We so digress. Let's, let's get into the movie, shall we? Right. Let's get into the actual film and the actual story. So, uh, Macbeth, I think I said earlier, was released in 2015. And has currently a score of 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, I don't know why nobody's seen this. I'm actually surprised. And again, I think it's just because of the cast I'm surprised. Although at the same time, I'm sure, you know, we got to the mid-2010s and everybody was probably like, I don't want to see Shakespeare anymore unless people are seeing it on the stage. And those people specifically want to. So I think that probably makes to a difference. To be fair, I am one of those people. I watched, I started watching this movie and I was bored to tears. Yeah, so. Because that is how I feel about watching Shakespeare film adaptations. Like, you know, I understand, obviously, you know, doing it as a movie, yeah. you get a much wider reach. You're able to get a lot more people who can watch it. You can get a much bigger cast. Mm-hmm. But there's something lacking. It's like some of the magic is not there. Um, I get it. I I understand because it's so difficult. Shakespeare is so hard because of the language mm-hmm. to a certain extent and how how much like how important the language is, I mm-hmm. guess, to everything that's happening in the story. And I think that It can be difficult sometimes to watch modern actors, even in a period piece, because this is a period piece set at the time at which these events would have been taking place. It's difficult to watch modern actors use that language in a film because you're so used to seeing them. Like you associate faces with other roles, with other things, and with this person being someone who is in this current time right now. And so I think it can be, I think it can be kind of difficult to sort of uh, like suspend your disbelief that way. Well, I think that's what it is. I think because of, you know, if you read a Shakespeare play, yeah. a lot of it is based, it, it, I mean, it's all based in the people and their actions and stuff, right? Like everything that they're claiming is, you know, supernatural or anything, like it's all not true. Like there's always like kind of an answer for it at the end in yeah. some ways. And when you're watching it, like, as a play, it's much easier, like you said, to suspend your disbelief because you're like, okay, like, they only have so much to work with. Like, you know, we're face-to-face. Yeah, and, and like, we also, we talked about this in a previous episode and we yeah. were talking about sort of, like, you know, stage versus film productions. Right. The idea of, like, you know, it doesn't bother you when you're, well, for me anyway, from my yeah. experience, it doesn't bother me, like, when watching a stage production to be like, oh, I don't see wires if someone's floating right. around. You or, don't mind it I don't so see much. this or I don't, see, I don't see the people, you know, walking around between scenes dressed right. all and black moving set pieces around like it's fine it doesn't bother me to see it um but if you saw that in a film you'd be like what the fuck (laughs) well yeah and like you know when the plot is hinging purely on the human interactions that are happening then you're just kind of like okay like yeah and then you're listening to the story and you're like 
So everyone's raving like a lunatic, like, this whole time. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, so here's another one raving like a lunatic, and another one, and another one, and another one, yeah. and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> At its core, I think that, I guess what makes Macbeth, like, a, a good story, and it probably, is, like, this is part of the reason why the story keeps being told over and over again, mm. is that it's still relevant in terms of greed and political ambition yeah. and ambition that people have to rise above the station that yeah. they're in, and I think that that's what keeps it relevant no matter what the year. I don't think it's ever been irrelevant. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um <laughs> So, but, you know, and I guess, like, you, you know, you just weave in, like, other elements of, like, supernatural and things like that, which, you know, keep things a little bit more interesting. But basically, the story itself basically follows, that's it, Macbeth is a thane, um, <laughs> which is a thing, <laughs> which uh, my understanding is that that's, like, Earl adjacent, or it would so. have been at the time. I don't know that it's a title that still exists necessarily, but in the 1600s, I'm sure that it did, um, of an area called Glamis, which would have been, yeah. like, in the Scottish Highlands. He has recently um, basically led the king, whose name is Duncan's, troops into battle, they have defeated all of their enemies, and because of this, uh, and the thane, the uh, another thane, because they're everywhere, uh, another thane of an area called Cawdor has been killed. Mm. Um, and because of this, uh, now Macbeth has been named thane of Cawdor, and this is what Duncan has given him in uh, return for basically winning the fucking war for him. Yeah. So, so he's like, cool. Um, he meets, basically he, he doesn't really learn about it through normal means. Originally he learns about it through the witches who are um, a recurring element, mostly for exposition purposes yeah. throughout the course of the story. There are technically in the movie, there are forks. They've got a kid with them. This is true. Yeah. There yeah. are usually three. Yep. Um, but technically, that's it. This is what it is. Um, in the movie, there are actually four of them, which is interesting because it's like different iterations. They're all different ages as well. So you've got like sort of like the younger one. You've got your crone, mm -hmm. um, who's the oldest one. And then like, I think, what is it? Maiden mother crone, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. which is a symbolic thing that you see show yep. up in a lot of different um, mythology and lore and stuff like that as well. In like Greek mythology has it because don't they have the... Um, what are they called? Like the seers or whatever the hell they are. Oh, um, yes. The ones in Hercules. Yeah, the train. ones in Hercules. Exactly. <laughs> they are the seers. Yeah. There's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Where, and but yeah, technically that's it. A lot of the time, oftentimes they are depicted as like maiden, mother, and crone like because it's Game like Game of Thrones. Great Game of Thrones. American Gods yes, has them, they as, have well, them as well. Mm -hmm. uh, where you, that's it. They're at different stages because to show like sort of the different stages of life, mm -hmm. basically, that's how they're depicted. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's kind of what they're going for with this one, which is cool. I appreciate that. Um, they don't always do that with the witches in Macbeth. Sometimes they're the same age as well. It depends. I've always understood that they were the same age. Yeah, see, I like that I kind of thought that to a yeah. certain extent. I don't know. Anyway. Um, it's an adaptation. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> However, also, like, you and I saw a play last year that was a take on the three witches from Macbeth and what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, it was a Terry Pratchett I know, it's, so it's yeah. like a comedy kind yeah, of yeah, thing, yeah. but they were different ages, they technically. Were, well, that one was very much made in Mother Crone as well. Very much. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Exactly. So, I don't know. So, I think it depends on what, in, what your interpretation is of them, basically. Yeah. They're the ones who arrive and who technically tell him this, uh, along with, what's his name, Banquo? who's his 
compatriot. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's got the same bloody name <laughs> in this one. Fellow human, anyway, that's it. Who he's been human. Who, one of his generals or something, yeah. whatever, something like that, who've been one fighting of those together. In Shakespeare yeah. too. So they pop up, they give exposition, and they're like, Hey, you're you're doing this right now. You're about to be basically like <laughs> named this. And it, it is technically like a royal adjacent title. Like an it earl is. is you know, that kind of title, right? So he is like Okay, cool. Um, and returns home to see his wife, who oftentimes I think is painted to be like the only villain in this the story, which this. I would very much like to discredit because yeah. I don't think that Lady Macbeth is the only fucking villain in this. I think that Macbeth is his own villain. Yes. He has his own mind. Yes. And being like everyone claiming that he's just manipulated by a woman, that's such an old school kind of thought process. Yeah. The reason that she's so ambitious is because she can't fucking do it for herself because she's a woman and she wouldn't have been able to anyway. Pretty much. And like, it's also because she's, you know, very clearly, and again, it's a way of driving forward the story. Yeah. But it's very much her, like, with, you know, the whispering in his ear saying, like, yes. kill this person, Yes, and because person, she, she prays to, like, darker entities, yeah. supposedly, in order yeah, for this. Anyway, that's it. So, suppose, so that's it. The Thane of Cotterer has been executed because he allied with, like, Norse troops. I think it was the Norse yeah. that they were fighting. Yep. And so Macbeth is given the title of Thane of Cawdor and he's like holy fuck they were right like the women who just popped up out of nowhere and then explained that to me like they were right wow okay um they have a dinner there's a whole big banquet and yep. Duncan names um Malcolm who's one of his sons his oldest son I think mm -hmm. as his heir which like fucking obvious and it's so funny because like the Macbeths get all pissed about this and I'm like he's his son isn't yeah, that how royalty it. works like because then it goes back to like what if you're the Thane are you supposed to be like next in line for the throne since when is an <laughs> earl next in line for the throne <laughs> Thane and throne <laughs> since when is a fucking earl the next in line know. for the throne that don't make no sense because to me that means if Duncan is king then Malcolm is the prince right and so malcolm reasonably would be the next that's how it works now well that i mean that's i pretty much think how that's always worked i thought so as well i thought yeah. it was direct descendants and not necessarily you choosing a successor it was that the successor was your firstborn um male heir but then you see shakespeare does this though like in his writing yeah. he's like oh i'm just gonna like fuck with like reality a yeah. little bit but i'm not gonna tell you this explicitly like you have to kind of figure it out as you're going on yeah i guess and so it leaves you kind of scratching your head going wait is that actually what's happening or like what's going yeah, on yeah it's you true know? he does like to fuck with you a little yeah. bit where you're like oh are you changing the way that the political system worked yeah. at the time and that the monarchy worked at the time and we just like don't we're just, we're just meant to follow along with that because this is like a fictional world i guess yeah exactly and it's like okay but a bit of explanation would help would be but, nice thank you very much but no it's very much up to your interpretation perhaps he did explain at some point but how the hell would we know now well it's right? all about the drama right that's like it. anything that's gonna add drama exactly so um because of this they're very angry and which like uh, search me i have no fucking idea why um and uh through this through conversations lady Macbeth is like well i think you should just kill duncan and you were like wait what yeah. and he's like he's like i don't know if i'm that ambitious and she's like yes you are and so he's like okay fine so he literally <laughs> sneaks into duncan's um tent that night and murders the king which like wow okay murders the king malcolm enters after this sees the body yeah. and Macbeth 
like not even thinly veiled threatens him fully fucking threatens him yeah and he's like oh yeah and then people are gonna think you did it too so malcolm's (laughs) like oh my god and he panics and runs off because he's like what the fuck do i do so he flees to england is my understanding if i'm not mistaken malcolm like leaves the country such a wimp yeah also he's played by the guy who plays the shitty boyfriend in midsommar nice to see him in something else there we go before midsommar yeah it was been a couple of years before i think um so anyway after this happens Macbeth finally is like oh I just murdered someone and he brings the daggers to his wife and and she's like what the fuck she's like what is fucking wrong with you so she and so she and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you she goes back and she puts them with the servants and then she looks at the body and basically it is good though because what it's kind of indicating to us is I'm like oh the guilt's gonna kick in real quick with this whole situation and that's also a very Shakespeare thing oh 100% like and she the the guilt drives people mad mad all the time that's usually like what causes people to commit any kind of act basically by the time you get to like the second or third act of your your play so Mm. um and this is where we start to get lady Macbeth's thing where like you know she's got blood on her hands after and it freaks her out and that's like think guys you gotta like think about it too because we talk about it where we're like oh blood on your hands and stuff I'm like yeah that's where that's where the expression that's where these expressions come from Shakespeare a lot of expressions originated in Shakespeare a hundred percent so um in the morning a to a certain extent I guess political rival of Macbeth's named Macduff yeah keep up with that shit I know you know like (laughs) this one really bugs me about it like like Othello's not much better and neither is um a Midsummer Night's Dream Midsummer Night's Dream is Midsummer Night's Dream is so bad fucking names yeah it's terrible that way I can never tell which guy is which in Midsummer Night's Dream no but this one Macduff and Macduff Duff and muck Anyway. <laughs> ah, Duncan. We've got a lot of mucks and the ducks and... <laughs> it's Scotland. So. And Malcolm. Anyway, keep going. Uh, if anybody Scottish ever listens to this, they're going to be like, you guys are so fucking stupid. If it makes you feel any better, half my family is Scottish. And we are quite dumb. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in the morning... Um, Macduff goes to see the king and is like, whoa, holy shit, he's dead. And of course, Macbeth, in order to cover his tracks, follows him in and then is like, oh, well, the servants are holding the daggers. It was definitely them and just murders them immediately. No questioning. That is like everybody dies in this And that was a tragedy. That's one thing you got to know about tragedy. Shakespeare tragedies, everyone by the end will be dead. And in a comedy, everyone will be married. So... Yeah, I guess that is the rule. Because those are basically what you get with Shakespeare. You get to get married and be happy, or you get to die. (laughs) (laughs) There is no in-between. Marriage or death. That's it. It's true. There's no in-between for any characters. So, um, and of course, when he does this, Macduff is immediately like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Like, he's immediately suspicious. Well, yeah, I mean, Because he's like, on. what? The man, like, wa- rocks in, is like, oh my god, it was the servants. Stab, 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 stab. kill, kill. <laughs> and it's like, uh, like, that was a weird reaction. Yeah, whoa, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, and they also, and then, of course, they learn that Malcolm has fled. And, you know, of course, Macbeth is like, oh, yeah, yeah, that must be because he did it. <laughs> I'm and, gonna go kill him, too, now. And the others are like, um, okay. Hey, I mean, he's like, I don't see why, why the fuck would he do that? Like, that makes no, like, no sense at all. Mm. Um, so basically, the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out, and they're like, well, what do we do? Like, you know, do we, like, crown another person? Do we do this? Do we do that? And then I guess 
technically, for some reason, that means that Macbeth is next in line. But which Bane is, get the throne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is wild. I was like, I was like, really? I was like, that's it? That's it's the just, next one? It's just, like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's got to be, like, a third cousin twice removed that's got to be in there before Another the one somewhere, something you know? like that. So, so yes, Macbeth is crowned king, which, like, what the fuck? Um... And so basically since, and, and then afterwards, all, all he does is become very pissed after that because he has no children. At the beginning, we did see that they had a yeah, baby that died, die. um, which you're like, oh, that's a, that's a way to open yeah. a film. Anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, so they did, yeah, so he and Lady Macbeth did have one child who died. He has no heirs. And so, of course, after he is gone, it, it technically, if he dies, it will pass to, I believe, Banquo, Banquo and, and his, his heirs after that as well. His son, Flance. What a weird name. Flance. How would you say that with a Scottish accent, Shireen? Flance. Flance. Come here, Flance, laddie. Flance. No, now I just sound Southern. You do. Oh, I'm sweating. Okay. Oh, my God. Um... Anyway, <laughs> anyway, because of this, again, and because, like, the madness is kicking in, the ambition has surpassed what it should have surpassed at this point, um, Macbeth is like, oh, well, I guess that means we're going to have to kill Banquo and his, like, seven-year-old son. Whoops. <laughs> like, he just starts killing everyone, and it's like, do you not think anybody's going to notice that you're just murdering the whole court? Yeah, seriously. But Flance does get away. He doesn't die. The small child isn't murdered. Well, for now, there's no small child murder. Just wait till later. Anyway, so he gets away and then of course Macbeth who's like killed Banquo sees his ghost and then more madness kicks in and everything um and he speaks to the ghost and Lady Macbeth is like oh god (laughs) oh boy um anyway because he's ranting and raving everybody kind of dips like everyone who was there for the celebrations that started before everyone started being picked off one by one they're like we're gonna go this really turned into an Agatha Christie story at some point all of a sudden so anyway so because of that like Macduff leaves he's like oh something fucking weird's going on here and he's the only person with any sense in this story so he dips with his wife he's like no thank you yeah um uh, we see the witches again yep they he come back, and talks to them. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, look, um, like you know, like like you, you're gonna be the king and everything, but you got to be careful because Macduff's definitely gonna try and take that away from you. So yeah. definitely, you, you should better go murder Macduff. Yeah, you better go get rid of him too." Um, and he's like, "Okay, fine." And what they say, which is only something that makes sense later, is that Macbeth um, will be will be king until Great Burnham Wood comes to the royal castle at. Dunsinane Hill, which doesn't make any sense because you're like, how would the forest get like stand up and walk? Like they're not ants. Yeah. Like how would they stand up and walk <laughs> over? Hello to the castle, little orc. <laughs> to the castle. <laughs> um. Anyway, so wasn't there a whole thing um, about? Now I might be getting away from myself here. What um, are you thinking of? Never mind. Hang on. I've forgotten now. I was gonna say like. 
wasn't there something about like a prophecy about someone who was not born of a woman or something? Yes, yes, that's a Macduff thing too. Yeah, yeah because uh, because his mother died during childbirth or some shit like that. It's like a it's a loophole. I don't know. It's a loophole in the script. She was dead, so she was because well, like, she was already dead, and they had to cut the baby out of her or something. I guess that makes sense. And because he, he wasn't born, like you know, because at the time it would have been you have to be born in the traditional sense yeah. in terms of like actually yeah. like and, like she would have had to be alive. Yes, to still as be opposed a woman. to like a C section kind mm. of thing, which is which my understanding is that that's what happened they had to do that to get the baby out right okay it's very Game of Thrones whatever anyway I I have little patience for this play to be honest it's (laughs) it's not my favorite oh really (laughs) it's it's like one of my favorites really like it's good I like the witchy stuff but I wish they had more space in the story I mean yeah they're mostly used for exposition purposes which is why I can't believe that people have this whole thing about like it being like oh because of like the witch spells and stuff I'm like there's like one spell did you guys know that this is where double double toil and trouble comes from I did know that yeah Yeah. because that's one of the spells that they use and what else Uh, there's a few lines that are like things that are like something wicked this way comes Mm -hmm. comes from this and there's like a few other ones Mm -hmm. specifically that have to that are only because these are like the way that the spells are written that is is what I like about this though you're right sorry the writing is good in this play it's the plot so my thing with Shakespeare is, is it because you get mad about men and pretty politics. much, pretty <laughs> much. Like my whole thing with Shakespeare is that I have to focus on the writing mm-hmm. specifically and not on the plot. Because if sure. I start paying too much attention to the plot and what everybody's doing, I'm like, y'all are stupid. Well, you could definitely say that about stuff like The Merchant of Venice as oh, well. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. With Shylock and like all that. Oh, yeah. Like, no, oh, all of boy. the anti-Semitism and everything in there too. And like in Othello. But and, there like, are some beautiful lines 100%, in A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't know. I've always liked Macbeth. I was probably drawn to it when I was younger because of the witches. Which I'm is, not going to lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also just, I guess I've... I don't know. There's something, I mean, like, it doesn't work out for anyone, but there's something kind of satisfying about overly ambitious men in politics getting what they deserve. <laughs> All of them murdering it's each other. Kind of, but it's kind of satisfying to me. Like, you, I, that could continue to happen. Yeah. Okay, you just looked behind me like there was a ghost up there. No, I really sorry. wish you wouldn't do this. <laughs> sorry. I've, I've just noticed where, like, he put that up there on the bookshelf. Oh. And I do not <laughs> like that for my aesthetic. she's staring at something and I'm like oh god it's like when the cats look past me like they're looking at something all creeped out and I'm like what is it what's there (laughs) anyway my bad my bad it's all good um so yes obviously again after because everybody has left and Macbeth is like fully off his fucking rocker at this point he's like oh Oh, can't have anyone trying to take this away from me. So then he sends troops to Macduff's home where they, uh, where where he is not yet because he's gone to find Malcolm, um, where they promptly murder his wife and several yeah. children. All of them. It's I think horrible. there's three or four of them. It's really sad. It's, it's really terrible. Yeah. Um, and while this is, <laughs> so that happens and he has to hear about it and he is obviously completely distraught and then vows revenge because that's what you do in a tragedy. Yeah, um, yeah moving on. Anyway, uh, Lady Macbeth has also hit her breaking point yeah. now where we thought she was going to be the one who made it all the way through without going crazy, but no, no, she does. So she has her very famous soliloquy out called damn out, out damn spot. spot. Yeah. How would I say? Yeah, that's it. Where she um, is phantomly seeing the blood that was on her hands when Duncan was murdered and when she was holding the daggers. Mm-hmm. She sees it and she's like trying to rub it out even though there's actually nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, bas- the way that we see it happen in that we don't really see it. We don't see her die in the movie mm-hmm. and in the play as well. She dies off like 
off stage. <laughs> Not important. She's the woman. Exactly. She <laughs> dies off stage. In this, like the way that we see it is that she speaks to the witches as well. She sees them and mm. she follows them out into the woods and up onto a hill. And my understanding is that she probably jumped off of the yeah. hill anyway um, to her death. Uh, I love that this, like, you know, like, I love that it's like people are like, I think Macbeth might be going a little crazy, like, bro. If you see <laughs> the way that Michael Fassbender looks at the beginning versus the end of this yeah, film, yeah, you're he's like, completely deranged. Oh, he's yeah. just like, and he's like, <laughs> like, his eyes are bloodshot. He's super pale. He's got like giant bags under his eyes, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> are you okay? You okay, buddy? <laughs> and he's basically just wandering around talking to himself at this point mm-hmm. and just being angry about everything. He does, he also has a really famous soliloquy, like, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, mm-hmm. where he's pretty much talking about out out brief candle yeah that's it where he's pretty much talking about that's it like how things will just continue forever and ever and ever and i mm-hmm. will keep doing this forever and ever and ever kind yeah. of thing it's pretty wild um but i think that that is like really great like if you want to draw parallels for like you yeah know, people in position of power and stuff like they don't know when to stop even like when it's clearly destroying them destroying everybody around them uh their life has completely fallen apart and they're like well i'll just keep going and going and going and going and it's like they believe that by keeping going they will eventually reacquire all the things that they lost exactly um and then, in, so he learns of his wife's death, and he's also very distraught, but he's still crazy. And he's like, <laughs> and he also uh, is basically told that Macduff and Malcolm are mounting, like, a defense against him. Like, yeah. they're like, no, we can't do this. We're basically yeah. going to come and, like, oust him because he's gone totally fucking crazy, and he definitely murdered the king. So, no thank you. <laughs> um, so he is like, ah, to battle, everybody. <laughs> Me and my psychosis are coming along with you for the ride. <laughs> Watch me go. Yeah. Um, and in a an really interesting, ironic twist, um, in order to stop the prophecy from um, coming to pass, he orders that Burnham would be burned. Mm. But when he does that, the smoke and all of the ashes and everything billow towards Dunson and Hill. So Burnham Wood has come to Dunson and mm-hmm. Hill, which means that the fucking prophecy is coming to pass because yeah. he was supposed to be king until that happened. Yeah. And, um, he's very confident, like, when he gets to meet Macduff, he's basically like, oh, no, no, no man born of woman can, you know, can, um, kill me. And so then they have their whole fight, um, which looks pretty good, honestly. The only, like, what I will say, this movie is too long. They (laughs) spend too many time on, like, small things, but artistically, it looks beautiful Mm. to watch. Um, and it is nice to see actual production value sometimes when you watch like a Shakespeare adaptation. That's the one thing that a film can give you that a stage production will give you less of is like, you know, the shots are beautiful. I think they shot in Scotland and it looks fucking fantastic the whole time. But it's too bad because they don't advertise it then and they like release it as like an indie film. I know, I know. And you're like, you went all this effort. But the cinematography is beautiful. Like the performances are really good anyway whatever um we're just complaining now (laughs) so they get to their final fight and that's it Macbeth has his whole like oh it doesn't matter what you do because no man born of woman can kill me that's what I know and Macduff is like oh well funny you should funny you should mention that so basically yeah that's it that would be my understanding is that his mother was probably dead or dying Mm. and they cut him out of her womb pretty Mm -hmm. much in order to save him I guess Mm mm-hmm and then I, then I think we kind of get to the point where Macbeth himself has sort of 
we're coming around the like, other side now and he's realized everything that he's done and he's like, okay, I'm not going to, this I'm obviously this prophecy is obviously the prophecy is coming true. I'm not going to fight this anymore. <laughs> Whatever. So Macduff kills him. And the witches are just like watching. And, and they're, they're like, just watching because cool. they're like, we told, I mean, we did tell you. <laughs> yeah. We told you what was going to happen. Another prophecy come to fruition, lady. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that they were the fucking, the ones from Hercules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this that thread won't cut. This thread won't cut. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with these feathers? <laughs> <laughs> We should watch that. It's a great movie. <laughs> watch Hercules, guys. Yeah. It's not historically accurate or <laughs> mythologically great. accurate, the but it's so are good. Fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, yes. Okay, so he allows himself to be killed. The witches, who now having observed that everything they've said have come to pass, just basically leave. They're like, "All right, peace," and they do. <laughs> um, Malcolm is actually made king at that point because he was initially meant to be the heir, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> And basically, that's pretty much what it is. Like, we just see, like, you know, a, a bunch of beautiful shots at the end. Flance, who was not murdered, thank fuck. Means. Running around. With, is it Flance? I don't know. I'm sorry. I might Flance. be mispronouncing it. Anyway, um, you know, like, runs around with Macbeth's old sword and everything. And then we, and I think that there might be some, iter- like, sort of subtextual things to be like, oh, who knows what the next generation is going to be like. Guys, they're probably going to do the same fucking thing. <laughs> Something like that, probably. Is. I mean, if, you know, the modern day news is anything to go off then yeah then kind of doing the same thing exactly um so yeah i will say that's it it's just it is it's i don't know it's always been a play that i've enjoyed i've seen it performed like a couple of times and i always have a good time with it anyway um but i but there is something to be said when you make a film version of something there is something to be said for shortening it a bit the runtime in this is like way too fucking long definitely because it's just they did every everything and i get it you wanted to make an accurate adaptation and boy did they succeed with that part of things yeah. i really think that they did yeah um but yeah it's it's sort of it's one of those that becomes like you pay attention to the performances to the cinematography mm-hmm. and everything like visual about it but it it drags in yeah. several different parts there are several parts where it's just like whoo boy we're taking way too long to get through all of this mm-hmm but anyway, have you guys seen this movie? Have you seen uh, another? I don't even know how many versions of Macbeth there must be at this point. Oh so God. have you guys seen any other versions that you've really liked or that you've really disliked for X, Y, Z reason, whatever it is? Um, you can let us know over on Instagram at FullyBookedCA or over on Threads also <laughs> at FullyBookedCA. And you can also hit up our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. But until next month, guys, and a new theme... Keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.